We sit glued to the TV set all night And every night Why go into the outside world at all? It's such a fright We got nothing better to do Than watch TV and have a couple of brews. Welcome to TV Times 3, episode 190. On this episode, we've got some news, and then we'll be talking about recent episodes of Teen Wolf, Under the Dome, Perception, Rookie Blue, and the third season finale of Falling Skies. Uh, plus a little reality check and some TV on DVD picks. You can find the full show notes with start times for each segment at tvtimes3.com slash 190. I'm Jason the TV Holic from tvholic.com, and this week I have joining me... Kyle Nolan from noreons.net. And Megan Ward from tvsmypassfire.com. All right. Thank you both for uh, joining me. Thanks for having me back. Thanks for having us. Thanks for... Jumping on on relatively short notice. <laughs> it's, it's always short notice when you pick me, which... <laughs> I, I kind of expected it when I was listening to last week's podcast and you said, I don't have any guests assigned yet. And so I, I, I made sure I was up to date on my TV because I figured I'd be getting that call. Yeah, well, it was one of those... Uh, I was still sort of on vacation for the week after uh, Comic-Con and I meant to make sure that I tried to schedule somebody and I totally forgot about it until I got back. And then Amory and Ray and I were already doing an episode, but then all of a sudden it was like, oh yeah, that's right. I don't have anybody scheduled for next week. <laughs> but now I'm in the process of planning a little bit farther out in advance for the the next few weeks. So, Well, that's good. And uh, we'll jump into the, the news. Got a few news items. This one's actually from a couple of weeks ago. Forgot to mention it last week. Uh, Stars has renewed Black Sails for a second season, even though the first season doesn't air until like, what is it, like January? <laughs> yeah, something or like something. That. <laughs> so they must really, they must really like what's going on, what was what was happening uh, in the first season. Or they uh, spent a lot on the sets and yeah. said, "Let's get our money's <laughs> worth." We'll get, yeah, we'll get, we'll do at least two seasons. I mean, they do do a lot of two season shows. Uh, Sci-fi has picked up uh, the third season of Continuum, uh, so that'll be back. That one's always funny with the because whenever you get the announcement down here, it says Sci-fi renews Continuum for a third season, and you're just like, wasn't it? already going to have a third season whether sci-fi did anything or not so those are always that those are always interesting when they're the shows that are being done up in canada but picked up by a network down here to be aired yeah it's always interesting and then uh abc family has renewed uh, switched at birth uh, for a third season which is uh, good news i like that show and then uh, uh fans of uh fans of the lion game and uh Bunheads will be glad to hear that the second half of the first season of The Fosters and Twisted have been have been picked up. Another ten episodes of each of those. Wow. Those were branded not for Kyle. <laughs> I'm not watching either of those two. I haven't watched any of them, but I'm still bitter about the whole Bunheads thing. So, yeah. Well, the the, no, Fos the Fosters still. It's a, I, I, I say it's a slightly better acted or maybe slightly better acted, slightly better written secret life of American teenager because <laughs> they've literally try and just throw in like everything. Like this family deals with everything. Like there's so, <laughs> so much that they've, that they, that you're just like, really? That's, 
it's it's getting a little ridiculous. Uh, but uh, sort of disappointing in that neither one is as as good as, as the two shows that they decided not to continue with. So uh, it is very disappointing. Very, very disappointing. I thought that for sure Bunheads would have been picked up, and then when it wasn't, I felt it's the first time in a long time I was actually super upset when a network didn't pick up a show. And then when I heard the renewal, I was like, "What? You have got to be kidding me!" Yeah, it's 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 weird to me. I don't sometimes I don't totally get exactly how a network works because the idea was out there that like if one of these didn't take off, you know, didn't do well, that that would be how the lion game or bunheads would get picked up. And so if they were, if there was the possibility of one of these tanked that they were going to pick that one up, I can't imagine that they would just pick it up because, you know, totally because they just need something. Uh, Yeah. Like that. It wasn't at least making a little bit of money or some sort of thing that it was, you know, to make it on the bubble that why not have both? Like, it's not like they're. It's not like ABC Family it has like episodes, new episodes of shows on nightly year round. Like uh, they have the room and the schedule. Yeah, I just think it, it was. That's, they, yeah, that's they had the said something. They had said something about it being they couldn't get the price down on the show or something like that, and that's why they they couldn't renew it. Well, but cut I the fosters and you'll have money. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but it was still they left it out there so long that. If one of these had tanked, Bunheads would likely be back. You know, so granted, probably more likely, like if the Fosters had tanked, Bunheads would have been back, and if Twisted had tanked, like the Lion Game would have been back, uh, type of thing. I don't know. It's it's weird for me with the some of the cable networks when they only have like a handful of shows, and why they're not trying to expand out, you know, more year round or something like that. Uh, I don't know. Let's see. What else we got here? Uh, MTV is renewed awkward for a fourth season uh, with a, a new set of showrunners. So that'll be uh, interesting uh, to see how the, the show progresses without the original creator behind it. Uh, but uh, but that's a sort of a normal thing. This happens to shows all the time. And like I said before we got started, unless you're Dan Harmon, it normally doesn't make news. This is very uh, true. That, that that much it doesn't become much of a. A lot of times you don't even know that it's happened, and then uh, Fox is set to uh, remake the British miniseries uh, Broadchurch, uh, which uh, that miniseries will premiere on BBC America. Uh, the original version of it that they're going to remake <laughs> on August seventh. Uh, it makes no sense. This thing aired like three months ago in the UK, and why do we? It's in English. Why do we need <laughs> a remake so soon? I don't know why. Why couldn't uh, one of the major networks just instead of like BBC America? Why couldn't they buy the rights to to do it instead of? Uh, I don't know. It's 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 kind of interesting. It'll be. Uh, do we really trust Fox to remake a British show to begin with, though? Well, my idea is is Matt Smith is free. So they hire him to be the detective to replace <laughs> but, David Tennant yes, with an American accent because we, we are we we love to hire British people to play Americans. So it, you know that exactly. that works out good, and uh, and then and then it still has that same 
sort of thing with a former Doctor Who playing the lead detective in the miniseries. <laughs> it, it all works. Uh, I think it works really well. I actually watched the first episode. They have it up early, and like I really enjoyed it. And never once watching it did I even think, "Oh, that's Doctor Who." <laughs> like, while, <laughs> like while watching it, I mean, it shows that you don't. It doesn't matter. Like, uh, you can just watch these things and enjoy it. It doesn't. You don't have to have it be in English, like in American English and American setting to do this. Like, it's so brand new. Just air the original. Yeah, <laughs> that's a, and. It'll it'll be interesting to to see what what happens with that, like how like how similar will it be? You know, <laughs> it's, it's it's not like anymore where something would air over there and it would never really air over here anywhere. Now so much That's stuff true. does air on BBC America that some you know some people have seen it or heard about it or something. So uh, it it becomes. Uh, more of an interesting idea with you know remaking those types of things but yeah i watched the first episode as well uh very it's it's really good um it worth worth watching it's like a sunnier the killing <laughs> well, it's it's a it's it's sort of a similar flavor like except that it's going to be over like 6 episodes instead of 13 or whatever or 12 uh or some such thing like that so um but yeah, in, you know, interesting story. But and just the way they set things up, you know, with the the way it's filmed, it's it has this eerie sort of creepy factor to it, where they 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 keep showing like random people in the town that haven't been talked to yet, really. But you're like, why are they showing us them? You know, like what do they have to do with what's going on? So it's a uh, it's it definitely has a an interesting look to it, and then. Uh, why we're sort of on the subject of uh, BBC and Doctor Who and whatnot. Uh, BBC announced who the uh, 12th Doctor uh, will be, which is uh, uh, Peter Capaldi, who I'm sure I've seen in something since he's been in previous Doctor Who or Torchwood <laughs> episodes. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm sure I've seen him in something, but... Uh, I think he's best known for The Thick of It, which is what Veep is a remake of. He basically yeah. played like uh, the Julie Louis Dreyfus uh, character. Yeah, which if you would like to see, you can watch on Hulu. They have all four seasons of uh, the thick of it on uh, on exclusively on Hulu. So it also comes out on DVD tomorrow, as of this recording of this podcast. But for streaming wise, it's exclusively on Hulu, so you can watch. Uh, you can see. A little something that the the new doctor has done before to get an idea of uh, what kind of actor he is. So, what did you think of that that whole announcement? Like, it was some people because they're they they pay attention to more British TV than I do. Were like knew who he was and stuff, and think it's a good idea and and like it. And I was like, who is this guy? Like, <laughs> it's the same thing as the last couple times they've. They've introduced a new doctor. It's like I have no idea who it is, so I'm just interested to see what they do with it. This was the first guy I recognized. Like I didn't recognize. <laughs> like I watched, you know, I did recognize David Tennant when when he showed up. But uh, this guy, he, he was really good in the Torchwood Children of Earth 
miniseries. Like I haven't seen thick of it, but I did see their spin-off movie in the loop because it was nominated for an Oscar or something like that, so I watched it. Uh but I really I thought he did a really good job in in the Torchwood Children of Earth miniseries. He played like this guy who was trying to save his family while all these while all these children were dying uh, or being taken, but I, I so I'm I'm excited to see what he brings. I'm glad they went older this time rather than getting even younger every single time. And I, I know some people were upset that it wasn't a woman. To me, I wouldn't have really cared either way. Other people were adamant they didn't want a woman. Other people definitely wanted a woman. They were just mad that it was a, another white guy, another British white guy. Or actually, I don't think he's British, but. Uh, yeah, I think he's Scottish, but uh, but to me, I'm excited to see what he brings. I, I I thought the seventh season wasn't all that great, so I'm glad to see a change. I don't know. I didn't when I first heard the name. I wasn't exactly sure who it was, and then I googled. And I'm like, oh right, I remember seeing him, but the name right away didn't jump out at me. But overall, I mean, honestly, I don't think it really matters who Doctor Who is, but he's Doctor Who. Except I thought it had to be a man because to me, I don't hear Doctor Who and think woman but i guess that's wrong especially because i'm a woman but i was like no it has to be a man so i was happy they went with a man at least and i could care less if he's white and british or not but i don't know i think within the world that they've set up you know doctor who could be pretty much anyone Mm -hmm. you know any color race you know (laughs) gender it doesn't doesn't really matter a lot of people point to the way that uh matt smith was was introduced and that he has a line in there, like when he he's like, you know, I've got legs uh, going through, and he's like, oh, checks his hair, and he's like, am I a woman? And then he checks his Adam's apple, and he's like, no, I'm not. And uh, so they point to that as that if the doctor can think that he could be a woman, that it could obviously be <laughs> that that could happen. Uh, I think and- it could, I think it happened. I just think that because I've watched it so much with it being a man, it would almost seem odd to me for it to be a woman but you know regardless it would have been I think it'd be like any other Doctor Who when they change everybody's like oh this is going to be terrible you have the people that yeah. are like this is going to be great or the, the other half is like this is going to be terrible and then the people that thought it was going to be great think it's terrible and the people that thought it was going to be terrible think it's great now and the people that have never watched it before Peter Capaldi will become their favorite Doctor because it'll be the first <laughs> yeah. one that they've ever watched it you know, it just it just cycle repeats and so like if you put in a woman into the role or or something it would be the same thing uh ultimately if the stories are fun <laughs> to to watch uh it it ultimately doesn't really matter i'm interested to see it because i've mainly watched with matt smith who's been a more comic you know physical uh physical comedian in the role and previous ones weren't you know were a little more serious and you know back in the day they they ran the gamut but uh i haven't really watched any of those so it'll be interesting to see how serious it goes or you know what type type of direction he takes the uh, he takes the character because they all have that's the thing that's always interesting is when they regenerate it's still the doctor but they have a completely new personality and uh so that's always uh, interesting to see what happens there they need to work that into other primetime shows. <laughs> Regenerate some of these main characters into people you want to watch. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that'd be uh, that'd be that'd be good. 
Well, with that, we'll uh, move on to the uh, primetime segment. And the uh, first show up is uh, Teen Wolf, uh, Season 3, Episode 9, The Girl Who Knew Too Much. So what do we think of Teen Wolf? Like, I enjoy watching each episode, but I kind of feel like I have no idea what's going on. And I'm not, <laughs> exactly. And I'm, not sure, and I'm not sure that the people writing it have any idea what's going on. It, it took me a few episodes to figure out that Derek was not just a mispronunciation of Derek. <laughs> like, the whole time, <laughs> I thought it was the same thing. I'm like, all of a sudden, they're pronouncing it weird. <laughs> like, it's just so confusing this season. Oh. I was so nervous getting ready for the podcast because I was like, is anybody else going to be as absolutely confused as me? I was just saying to Kyle, I think I'm going to sound like a total retard because I honestly did not have – I don't have any clue what's going on this season. I like it. I like what I'm watching. I get sucked into the show. But then when I'm done watching, I'm going, okay, wait a second. What just happened? I'm yeah. so confused. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's the show has become all about watching the characters play off of each other, you know, like mm-hmm. watching styles – you know, go at it with different characters and stuff. And and then at the end of an episode, you're just like, okay, what story is going on here? Like, what's what's happening? Uh, I think now I kind of have an idea what's going on, but it's like still not – I mean, it's not, it's not necessarily a new thing. The show's kind of been like that, you know, from the beginning. Uh but it seems to get gotten more overly complex this season for some reason. It's like, like they're trying to do more, too much. Yeah, they keep bringing in more and more characters, and like the, now they finally explain what Lydia is. But I don't see how that really goes with like the first couple seasons because all of a sudden she's like a screaming banshee who screams before people get killed, but. She never did that in the first season. She wasn't doing all this weird screaming and stuff. So that wasn't what she was in the first season. So uh, it's I, like I, maybe there's a long development period. I have no idea. But <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't a full grown banshee. Yet. But the thing is, is there's so much, so many. There were like so many different sort of newish characters where you were like, and it's just now that you finally sort of have an idea of like who the guidance counselor is. And, you know, and all this stuff that just seems like some of that was just extra confusing stuff for the first few episodes of like, it wasn't a big deal to like, finally learn that, you know, it wasn't like, it wasn't like anything that needed to be held out on. Well, I, I loved the scene in this episode when Styles is explaining everything to his dad, and he is just so completely confused. And he's like, "So, the, so, so the Canama was Jackson. So why did Jackson become the Canama?" And I'm like, "This is awesome. This is exactly how I'm feeling yeah, <laughs> because he has no clue what's going on. He doesn't understand any of it." Yeah. That was by far one of my favorite scenes. Actually, yeah. my question is like, I mean, if I'm confused and, and I'm an adult. How are all these teenage girls like are they they must just be watching for the actors because unless they're sitting there and I they're speaking a teen language I don't get or maybe I've I've just passed that threshold where I don't understand anymore if I'm this confused how is the target audience not slightly like confuddled by it as well they're just there for the next scene with one of them has their shirt off it's true <laughs> it doesn't really matter what the overall story is I don't think in some cases which is why, as 
Kyle mentioned uh, beforehand <laughs> that the Teen Wolf panel at Comic-Con was just mostly oh. fangirls screaming, I love you, for <laughs> for 45 minutes. It was. They couldn't get anything done. <laughs> it was just basically them screaming, I love you, with the cast screaming back, we love you too. <laughs> and so it was like, it was just ridiculous. Like, they loved being up there like rock stars. And just, and that's all it was. It was so unproductive, that panel. But the, the fans seemed to love it. <laughs> well, I guess that's the important thing. I still don't know what's going on, but the fan loved the shirtless scene. So that's okay. Yeah, I I don't know. I I would be uh if you're listening to this podcast and you watch Teen Wolf, <laughs> feel free to write in and let us know why you watch and if you know what's going on or if you don't. Uh Yep. And if you, and do, if you do, feel free to let us help. in on on the major plot points. We'd love a brief synopsis. Would that be awesome? Well, just sort of like, you know, something that I could like check you know, fact check where I'm at. You know, I I think I I think I have it, but uh, as of now, but I'm you know, uh, we could print them out for everybody. Yes, <laughs> yeah, little cheat sheets for uh, a Teen Wolf for Teen Wolf fans that uh that would be that that might be a good thing. I think there's a market for it for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I think uh, I think that's probably enough about <laughs> about Teen Wolf. <laughs> And, uh, but still interested to see if by the end of the season, it does kind of make sense because it has sort of in the previous seasons, you know, like I still think that it's funny that you're now in, in season, in, in, in season three here and, and Derek's uncle was like the big bad in the first season and then you know he died, and then was brought back, and and now he's just sort of the guy that just sort of hangs around, tells some <laughs> stories. And you're just like, what? I don't get this. What's happened because here? It's because he's too old <laughs> for the fan demographic. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Oh. But they did say at the panel that this is the like the ratings are higher than ever this season. Yeah. So <laughs> they keep going I up. Guess, so they're doing something yep. right. Uh, we're all still watching. Yeah, we're all still watching. Well, it's, it becomes like I, I want to see if I can follow along. Uh, no, but really, it is it is for me. It's the stuff that takes place within the episode, but the overall storyline. I'm still like not sure what's going on. You know, each individual episode is enjoyable on its own, but as a whole, I'm not really, not really so sure. But uh, while on the subject of silly sci-fi, let's move on to Under the Dome, <laughs> and, uh, season one, episode six, uh, the Endless Thirst. Uh, the show is not like the smartest show, but this episode was like the dumbest episode, while still being a good episode. In some respects, the what sets it off is the dumbest thing. Somebody starts freaking out because they haven't had their insulin and walks out in front of a truck. The truck swerves <laughs> while driving, what, 30 miles an hour down the street, swerves to miss somebody. It's an appliance delivery truck. Yeah. What, who needs their appliances? That, that's, I haven't even gotten to that yet. But first, it swerves, and even though it's a big truck... It drives really, really, really far to crash into the water tower from that swerve. Like, 
there's there's no way it was going fast enough that when it swerved that it, it couldn't have stopped before it got there. Secondly, it is. It's a giant appliance truck. And so who ordered a new washer? Or like where what were they transporting? Why were they driving it down the the street uh in the middle of uh this crisis that's going on? Uh the, that's the one thing about the show is there's a there's this weird oddity of people being freaked out and yet not freaked out enough. And then this episode, they needed to create like, you know, riots and stuff like that. But then, oh, it rains just in time and everybody calms <laughs> down and goes home. <laughs> to, to me, the, the, the whole insulin stuff and the thing that set it off was just completely, completely ridiculous. Being diabetic, I know that her problem was not that she needed insulin. She had a lack of sugar. She just needed a candy bar and all this wouldn't have happened. Like, and that, then that, that just, seemed to be the thing is they were playing the, sim- the wrong symptoms. Yes. But saying that she needed insulin. But the thing was, is wasn't it just, it was, she said. It was only like two days, too. It's only been a few days since she was, you know, she was being the doctor for the meningitis breakout. It's (laughs) it's not that long past that. And she said she still had some that she's now completely run out. And it's been so long that she's now having serious trouble. Well, the only thing I can think of is she was just traveling through the town. So maybe there's an excuse that she didn't pack enough with her. Well, I, But then they, they run into the other guy who I used my last dose. Like, this guy <laughs> lives in the town. How does he not have any insulin after two days? Like, and then this other kid is, like, stockpiling, like, a dozen <laughs> vials of insulin. Like, this kid's got enough insulin for a year. And, like, this other guy has nothing. <laughs> like, and plus... Or at least he's like, saying he had nothing. But, yes. Uh, but yeah, it was still it was it was kind of it was definitely weird as a thing to to then set this whole because uh, she had, she had said that she was running low or you know that she you know what was because her partner had started to steal some from the you know from the the hospital and she was like no but you know she was like well what happened you know what happens when you run out well we'll deal with that then well apparently. She, it was closer. She, it was really, it was really soon that she was going to be running out, uh, because like somebody else said that they, I was listening to another podcast uh, to Antenna Free TV, and they were talking about this, and uh, the Jason on that podcast, his wife is diabetic, and he was like, you know, one of those files lasts like a really long oh, time. I have a vial like that, and it lasts me a month. At least I throw away half it because I don't use it by the time it expires. So there's no way they would have run out of insulin. Plus, there's two different kinds of insulin, and this is the magic insulin that somehow is the perfect kind that she needs. Like, it, the whole thing, like, I, I tweeted out while watching this episode. Normally, I don't even live tweet while watching stuff. I'm like, has anyone on the on the Under the Dome writing staff, do they even know anyone who's diabetic? Yeah. <laughs> because it was just absurd. Yeah, because while she was sort of complaining about being hot and stuff like that, and that might be something that happens, lack of insulin, but lack of insulin, you don't end up, like, loopy. No. You end up loopy with low blood sugar, you know. Yes. <laughs> if, if you were running a high blood sugar, you would be tired and exhausted. Yeah. She just, she just want to go to sleep. Yeah. She you wouldn't want to run out in front of a truck. Yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> that emergency appliance delivery truck was racing down the street. <laughs> yeah. So fast that they couldn't stop within like a hundred yards of of the tower. But at least besides that, there were some interesting developments. Yeah. Well, you yeah, finally so. got some like developments of like <laughs> them searching for the signal that seemed to be blocking things, and then coming across the two kids. Uh, that was interesting. And it also is interesting. It was like, because they happened to kiss at the exact same time that the bomb exploded. Was that like, did that, if they hadn't been touching, like what would have happened? Uh, you know, it, it makes you wonder like how involved they are. And then when they both touch the dome at the same time, and then it's, it like shut off the, the jamming of all the different signals. Uh, so it, they started getting into a little bit more of, uh, you know, what might be behind this and what's the deal with the uh, the kids and the the pink falling stars or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. I also thought it was interesting that they already killed off Rose. Uh, like, if they keep killing people off every episode, yeah. who's going to be left <laughs> for, like, the second season if if they're still in the stone? I still haven't been able to wrap my head around like how big the dome is and how many people are actually trapped in there because they, they still like they go to try and break into some houses and they run into people that are just sort of living their lives in their houses, you know? Yeah. Like the mother who just leaves her, her diabetic son, home, a young <laughs> kid home alone while she runs off to the store to, to loot some water or whatever. <laughs> And and it makes me wonder, like, how many people are actually uh, in the town. And then also there's a few too many scenes that you catch things in the background of, like, lots of cars driving around. Like, where are people going? You know, how, Why are like, they wasting fuel driving why, back and forth why are they, they could use that for their generator? Why, yeah, why are – there should be only, like, a handful of people really driving around much uh, of, of anywhere. But still can't – quite get like and what is encompassed by the dome like part of the lake uh so you know like what what all is there and did the bomb like explode and everything within a couple miles all the way around the dome or just on That's the one or just on the one <laughs> side of the dome or i have i haven't gotten that i just assumed it was all around the dome like if it exploded above the dome then it just exploded all, like everything, like in a circle around the dome. Yeah, except but. when you see the this like incoming missile, it's like coming at like one side of the dome, you know, towards it, and then it explodes. But it it just I don't know I I can't I can't quite I that it would make sense that like where it exploded that everything on that side would be like destroyed. And stuff. Yeah, because you think the dome would have protected like the other side from it going. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. But that the bomb would explode on one side, and now there's like a two mile ring around the thing where there's nothing. <laughs> I I I haven't. I don't quite get uh, the lay of. I I don't quite get the lay of the land exactly of like where where they're at compared to where they're you know when they're looking out at the devastation to where they were previously looking out at the devastation. Like how far away is that? Are they still sort of on the same side of the dome? Are they on another side? 
I think this is one of those shows you you just can't overanalyze. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you just well, have like, to enjoy why, it. Why when uh, the what's her name after afterwards after the things exploded and they haven't done, she whacks Junior over the head and runs outside to get away, and decides apparently there's a forest close to their house, and, oh, and yes, is yes. all of a sudden is is hiding and running through the forest. Uh, not like running towards, I don't know, anywhere there might be other people. Because she could hide in the forest and he had a car. It was just, there's so many things like that that they're starting to build on me. You know, that, like, this is I, another reason why I wish it had only been one season. Because yeah. I fear I fear where we're going to be at by, by the second season if they stretch this out. Yeah, it just, there becomes so many more things that start seeming dumb the longer this goes that I was sort of like forgiving or not paying attention to, but six episodes in they're starting to seem really silly. Yeah. This was the first episode that I, cause I've seen people like hate tweeting it from the, from the beginning. I'm like, I actually really thought it was great. This was the first episode that I'm starting to see those cracks in the, <laughs> yeah. cracks in the armor or in the dome. And, and it's, I'm hoping it gets better. We'll see. Yeah, the yeah the problem is is you would hope in that it would have gotten better six episodes in, you'd be going, wow, this is really good now. Not six episodes in, you're starting to go, wow, this is still this is getting sillier and sillier by the episode. It's heading yeah. in the wrong direction. You guys are making me happy that I don't watch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's enough with uh, making fun of Under the Dome. <laughs> Although I'm still watching it, I'm still going to watch it to the end of the I'm season. Still watch, yeah, because and I'll probably watch next season too. I mean, so. it may it may turn into being one of those shows that's entertaining because of how silly it is. You know, it's like uh, the Sharknado the series. <laughs> uh, yes, if a Sharknado comes by, then we'll know. Can it penetrate the dome? Can it we'll get see the dome. <laughs> I okay. smell crossover. And we'll have to. I'm sure we'll have to. That, that'll be the like. That'll be like Sharknado three, where <laughs> you know, because Sharknado two is going to go from L.A. to New York, and so then maybe they'll they'll hit the Midwest somewhere you know, in the in, in the middle. You know, where where tornadoes actually happen. <laughs> Although I don't know where you get the sharks in the middle. Of it. <laughs> okay, oh. on to perception. Uh, season two, episode six, uh, defective. So, uh, Megan, what are we thinking of perception? I'm not liking it as much as I did last season, but I did. I liked this episode overall. Um, I kind of liked the fact that the for the first time, something that uh, Daniel was talking about in like real life actually seemed plausible, like the deep brain stimulation, and the fact that they actually had. Um, I don't know if anybody knows, but the violinist. Part of it with um, there's a violinist. I think his name was Roger something. Other somebody can Google it for me. But they they actually operated on his brain, sending pulses during surgery, and it did the exact same thing they did in the show. So I thought that was really neat to see something that you know I've read that's actually plausible. I also really liked um, the Daniel. And Donnie working together because they've been pitted like 
against each other for a bit now. So it was nice to see that they they worked together well in the case, but it was kind of kind of put Kate on the back burner for the episode. But overall, it was an okay episode. I'm not really loving the season, but it was okay. Not necessarily a bad thing because, as we've mentioned before. <laughs> She has no chemistry with anybody in the show. <laughs> so a case where he's working with him oh, oh, believe- was actually an, kind of an improvement. I believe I didn't miss her at all. I, I've actually I've actually been enjoying this season more than last season. And I think it's because they've been using her less. Like it's just like I don't really I don't really like um I can't even what's who's the actor playing the the ex husband? Scott Wolf? Is that who yeah. it is? Yes. Yeah. See, I, see, both him and Rachel Lee Cook. I like they could just drop him and just keep Daniel and have him report to some no-name person at the bureau, and I think it would be fine. Like I think the stories this season have been really interesting. I liked how in this episode, like uh, like Megan was saying, they they started to. Like he started to look at this DBS and see it's a possible way for him to become normal. Like he also saw it, like he hallucinated that normal version of himself that was telling him to that he could be a sane person if he if he had this done. He was even asked to consult with the with the with the clinical study for this. So I mean, it would be interesting if they went that route if they knew it was going to be like the final season. But I mean, you can't really get rid of his hallucinations and <laughs> still keep the series. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that becomes one of those things where they like they kind of tried to fix it, but then they had to have the like medication like stop working, you know, kind of not or not working as well. So he stopped, you know, so he starts not taking it because uh, he's not able to, you know, think the way that he he's used to thinking when he's on the the medication. So yeah, they have to have that. You know that's that's the show. <laughs> it's like yeah. so they they have to keep that. The normal Daniel in the hallucination was almost Stepford kind of like he was just too perfect. <laughs> I really like the Daniel that's like you know slightly off kilter with you know his jacket and his scarf. The other one was a little bit just I don't know. He I hope he doesn't return. I didn't like him at all. So I like him neurotic. Neurotic is awesome. Normal's boring. So, but I, I like the idea of him. Not just hallucinating other people, but hallucinating other versions of himself. I think that's a, I think that could be a fun thing to do with different versions of himself uh, over because it gives him a chance to play, you know, so multiple character type things uh, in an episode. Yeah, and he did it really well. McCormick did a really good job with that. I mean, he he was good in the episode. I like him above all the other characters, but I don't know. I don't hate Kate as much as everybody else seems to hate her. Well, so. he. Him and his performance is the reason to watch the show. I mean, oh, yeah. that's 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 pretty much the 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 one reason really to to watch. Yeah, I don't necessarily hate her, but it's as Jason was saying, they, she just has no chemistry with. <laughs> maybe, they should have brought on like Freddie Prince Jr. as her <laughs> as her ex husband, and then it would have been like uh, what, that. Actually, would have been fun. <laughs> uh, that would have been awesome. <laughs> yeah, I would have loved that. Anybody else watch Royal Pains? Mm-hmm. Was the violinist in this the same guy that played the conductor in Royal Pains in a couple episodes ago? I don't remember. It seemed like this, because but I was watching them in different orders. Like I was just catching up with Royal Pains, and I was like, "Hey, wasn't that the guy from the last episode of Perception <laughs> playing a very similar character?" So that was, I think it was. I don't know. If you're out there listening, write in and tell me. Is was that the same person? 
I'm Googling as you talk. So. <laughs> I was going to, but I figured Kyle is always on it, so yeah, well, I don't watch Royal Pains. So. Oh, there's a delay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, while, while Kyle's trying to figure out if it's the same guy, we'll move on to uh, Rookie Blue uh, season it was. four. It was. It, well, there's one guy. I think it's the same guy. He played Santi on Royal Pains. Yeah. On the Vertigo episode, that's the that yeah that that's the guy, and it's the same guy that played the violinist with the. I assume so. Sario is his name in this. I don't know if he's a violinist. Yeah, I think uh, it, I think it is. I think it's the same. Yes, play, that's, play that was a violinist name. Yeah, playing very uh, playing very musical parts in both. Well, as I said, we'll move on to Rookie Blue, uh, season four, episode seven, Friday the thirteenth. Uh, which I'm assuming they're airing in, at the same time, aren't they, here and up in Canada? Um, they weren't at first. To begin with, we had, like, the season premiere and stuff early, but then they took a couple break, like, week break here, and then we finally caught up with you guys, so. So they are on the, the same, because I, I was looking finally, at it. yeah. Yeah, because I was looking at it, and where I was looking at it, it was showing the air dates in in Canada, and I was like, but I think that's the same episode that just aired here, so. Uh, yeah. So uh, I don't I I don't watch this show. So I'll let you two have at it. What 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 do you think, uh, Megan of of Rookie Blue and where they are at in uh, season four? I love Rookie Blue, and it's one of my favorite summer shows. To be completely honest, and this season to me has been one of the best so far. Originally, I was a little bit upset about them breaking up Sam and Andy because I was like, oh, you know, this whole Starcross they belong together, but now I'm loving it. I think that the show overall is so much better with them apart. And I really like the whole Andy and Nick might be together. And I found that the cases are becoming more like the, it's less focused on relationships and there's a lot more case of the week with everybody working together when we don't have Sam rushing in to save Andy from the weekly disaster. So I think that they're doing a really good job this season. And this last episode, the only thing I have is the whole, you know, Gail and Nick break up, and <clears throat> rightfully so. Gail's basically just a horrible person for the most part. I feel bad for her, but I think it's a little bit unlikely that they've done this whole thing. You know, you're going to hook up with this guy, and then you're going to be with this guy. Oh, and yeah, so you don't like men now, and now they're going to be painting her as a lesbian. It just seems a little bit, you know, too convenient that she messes up every relationship, and now suddenly, you know, she's they're writing it so that she's going to hook up with the... I think it's the coroner or the medical forensic, forensic pathologist. Yes. <clears throat> I just thought that was a little bit too convenient. But overall, yeah, see, I got I like that it. vibe. I got that vibe too. Like that they were trying to make those two. Cause all of a sudden she just says, Oh, I don't like men. I'm a lesbian. And then like, she said, I don't like men either, but just cause they're bad or something like that. But yeah, it does seem like they're trying to hook up Gail and Holly together. Well, I mean, I, I thought so from the, preview for next episode but i guess we might see different previews so i'm not going to say anything but it just seems oh, like I, I never watch i never i never watch previews so i don't know okay so but basically it just seems that it's a little bit too too convenient considering you know they messed up things with um the first guy whose name i can't remember right now who just oh chris who just left and then she's with nick and this is her ex and she's already messed it up before with him and granted yes you know she was feeling jealous of Andy and Nick's friendship, but then the whole, well, I'm mad at you. I'm going to go sleep with someone else thing. 
it just it makes me dislike her even more. The other couple I'm really really liking though is Dove and Chloe together because oh, I love. Yeah, exactly. I love how crazy she is. She's so off the wall, and she adds a whole new dimension to the typical girls that have been at the precinct already. And I think that Dove is the perfect guy for her because Dove has always been a little bit off kilter compared to the rest of them. So I think that they're perfect matching. And I love the fact that she punched the cookie that he surprised her with at the locker. I was laughing because that's so something. I mean, yeah, he shocked her. She's in a towel. He did. She didn't see him, so the first thing she did was punch the giant cookie he brought to apologize. It was a really good scene, and I'm. I think that she's added a lot to the show. Yeah, I really enjoy. Like Chloe, I think is the best part of what they've added this season. I think you had hit it on the nail on the head. The, uh, why this season is much better than the past? It's because of the whole Sam and Andy junk is gone. I cannot stand those two. I really wish they had killed off Sam at the end of season <laughs> two, because I really hate him so much for some reason. And like, I, I'm sure eventually it's going to be back to Sam and Andy because I'm sure that's what they want to do like in the end but i'm enjoying it now while they're not like they're not constantly going back to them like missing each other although sam see every time he sees andy happy with someone else he goes and then he goes and talks to his girlfriend and and does stuff so i mean i just can't stand that that character i i would love if they killed him off again but um i'm sure that's not going to happen i'm sure they ultimately plan a Sam and Andy reunion, but I'll just enjoy it now while it lasts. Like, I'm still <laughs> upset over the first season when they suddenly turn Luke into this womanizer, and he should have been with Andy to be, from the beginning. But now I, I do like Andy and Nick together, so I, I, that's fine with me. I like Nick way better than Luke. I think that if they brought Luke back, he would end up with um, Tracy. I think that would be probably where they would go with it. I mean, it's more Rookie Blue is kind of like the Grey's Anatomy in the cop world, except they're getting a little bit better at focusing on the actual weekly drama. But there is always going to be the relationship things. As far as Sam goes, I think that they're almost I'm hoping they're going to go almost the Dawson's Creek way where Sam's always going to be her Dawson. But she's going to end up with Nick or somebody else who's her Pacey. Like, I think that that's kind of the way it should go. That would be fine with me. I don't agree with how Dawson's Creek ended, but that's a different story. <laughs> I hear I hear Ray going, "Oh, Kyle!" Like she's, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I I'll leave it at that. All right. Well, we'll move on from uh, from Rookie Blue. I've uh, I've seen the season premiere of every season, and that's it. And so I will watch the season five premiere if it, to keep my streak alive. Uh, but uh, that's it for me on rookie blue and we'll move on to uh falling skies uh, season three, episode 10 uh, Brazil, which was the uh, season finale. And uh, Kyle, how do you, uh, how do you think uh, this season wrapped up? I thought they did a good job wrapping things up. I, I wonder what happened to their effects budget for this episode. Cause it just seemed really bad like uh, the way this opened up but i mean i do like how they like that aside i like how they did the twist there with the um with the volm dad being uh basically reneging on the deal and and trying to send them off to brazil and then it was so good to see them finally take out karen uh 
as much as I loved her as an evil character, it was nice to see that. And like the way they end it with the creepy uh, six-year-old Alex, like doing her magic <laughs> powers, like to get rid of the worms. I, I thought that was neat. I'd also had some great scenes. Like there was one with um, with Pope. Uh, like when they were talking about who has to go ride with with Lourdes, and he's like, who, "Who wants to ride with her?" or something like that. Like that freak show or something like. <laughs> like there's just some some good scenes. Like overall, I. I don't think it was as action-packed as I would have expected for a season finale, but I, I, I think they left it in an interesting spot for next season. Yeah, they, they definitely left it in an interesting spot for next season. Not quite as big of a what-the-heck-is-that type of moment as they've had in the end of the first two seasons. You know, like, how are they going to come back from that? Although Tom ends, ends up being captured by... <laughs> the bad guys a lot so that's that's something that continues to happen uh, all the time and he always gets away but it was an interesting sort of we normally we normally come in and we fight off the you know the bad guys and we just put you off to the side and let you live live out and protect you or whatever and uh it was that was an an interesting sort of like you, cause you knew something was coming, but you didn't feel like necessarily they were going to be like, they were now going to be fighting an alien war on like two fronts type of thing. Yeah. Uh, so it, it'll be interesting to see how these things, how the, the season goes next year uh, with both of them fighting uh, and, and how that affects things. Um, it, it was good to see them sort of, finally take out Karen, even though she was standing there with the white flag and Tom yeah. just used her. Uh, but yeah, the... And then, uh, Ma- then Maggie finishes her off just because she yeah. doesn't... <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's sort of still alive and Maggie's just like, okay, that's enough of that. And shoots her two more times. Uh, and that put an interesting you know strain on their relationship from how that went down, plus how uh, he was talking, you know, beforehand about, you know, thinking about what it might be like if the war was over. And she was like, no, nah, I just want to continue shooting stuff. Uh, so that was interesting. But the having uh, uh, Tom's daughter show back up, but now being, you know, two months later, She's she's like a six year old. Makes me wonder that like if the season starts back up and they've had uh you know a six or seven month jump in time like they have previously, is she gonna be, she you know, gonna... like a young woman? Teenager. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that that'll be uh I think that that is something that I'm interested to explore, like what exactly happened? Like 'cause yeah. She clearly got pregnant and had a baby, you know. So, but is where it in this related process, to Tom at all? Yeah, yeah, where in this process did she get some sort of alien DNA? Uh, how did that, you know? I'm interested to find out how that happened uh, and what she's obviously has some abilities, you know, like she just sticks her hands up and extracts all, and all the the eye bugs come out and then she just smashes them together and turns them to dust so you know she's useful 
know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, to have around, it seems like, but like but what you'd be kind of freaked out. Yeah, what other kind of special uh, abilities, but that was sort of a good ending with them sort of like standing there. <laughs> the looks on their faces like what? <laughs> it's already weird enough that she's not a baby any longer. So yeah, it makes it uh it left it in an interesting place where there's definitely things I'm interested to find out, you know, where they go in another in the next season. And uh, but not quite as big of a a sort of a cliffhanger as in the previous seasons. Yeah, it makes me wonder if they thought maybe we're not coming back so we won't do something too crazy just in case like we don't leave people with a huge cliffhanger but something that's at least interesting yeah like there's still a place to go but you can sort of fill in the blanks that yeah over uh some period of time they finally do fight back you know and fight off the uh uh the uh, the fish heads as they say or whatever and 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 then the volm leave to, <laughs> to pursue uh the, this alien race across some other you know some other planet somewhere yeah and they got an extra large season next season they got 12 episodes instead of 10 so we'll see how that works so yeah a couple extra episodes in there to uh hopefully they get extra budget <laughs> <laughs> well if if not maybe by the time the 12th episode rolls around they'll just be sitting around talking somewhere well because like even in this episode it's like you things are like, oh, that was a big fight we had over there. It's like, no, show us this big <laughs> yeah. fight that you had. They it's just like, showed the, they they show the train. Back. Yeah, they just showed yeah. the train heading over, and then, and then you see some of the the mechs off in the distance, and they they fire a couple weapons, but you don't see anything blow up or explode. And then it moves yeah. over to the other one, and uh, they take down the. While there's a little bit of a problem, they ultimately take down that tower relatively easily, and and then the other Volm ship uh, shows up, which is that's quite the sizable ship when it basically lands and it's the size of Boston. <laughs> you know, that, yeah, <laughs> I hope no one was left in those houses because <laughs> you're not there anymore. Yeah, so that was pretty good ending. Definitely looking forward to it coming back. Yep, same here. All right, and uh, that'll end the primetime segment, and we'll move on to a little uh, reality check. And uh, Kyle and Megan have a couple of shows that they want to mention. So, uh, Kyle, take it. Okay. Uh, so, first up is MasterChef. Um, so, as far as MasterChef goes, to me, Chrissy and Natasha are both despicable, and I can't stand either of them, and I would love to see either of them go. And it's surprising how bad they are, given that they're both mothers. You would think that they would have some kind of, and they, they seem they have moments of being human, like when they talk to them occasionally, but I, I think they're just both have bad attitudes and I would happy I'd be happy to see like either Luca, Jordan or Jesse uh take home the win. How about you, Megan? Wow. Completely different opinions actually. Except for the fact I can't stand Natasha because she was mean right from the get-go. Um, Chrissy's actually one of my favorites because of the fact that from the very beginning, all of the other contestants, they just judged her from, from you know, she's just this mom. And then she ended up pulling out stop after stop after stop. And I thought last episode, um, when Luke was all like, I'm going to get rid of Natasha. 
and they banded together and they totally killed the sushi challenge that it was a big in your face to Luca. I can't stand Luca. I can't stand listening to him talk. I can't stand watching him talk. I can't, I can't stand watching him period. And I hate how full of himself he is. And if he cooks one more Italian risotto, I'd like to reach through my screen and like ruin his dish completely. I cannot stand him. As for the other ones, I just, I don't know. I really don't like, no, I don't really like anybody but Christy, to be completely honest. And last week I felt so sad. It must be the mom and the, you know, it's the, it's being the woman thing when everybody else's family was there, when they lifted up the mystery box and there was nobody there for Chrissy. I was in tears. I was sitting, since when does a cooking show make me cry? Apparently, when someone's family member doesn't show up, I was like, that's horrible. How could they do that to her? And they're like, here's a message. It is not the same. Everybody else's kids and family are there, and you're like, oh, that's so sweet. And then Chrissy's like, there's nobody for me. And then the tears stop, start, and my fiance's looking at me like, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, that's so sad. Her son's not there. And he's like, oh, my God, it's just a cooking show. But yeah, I was... I was <laughs> I was I was mortified. That I, was horrible. I felt slightly sad for her, but I just don't like her. So I, I one of us one of us will be very upset, and one of us will be happy with however this plays out at the end. Well, this week they're going to bring back. Um, it's the challenge for contestants to come back. So I don't know which one's going to end up being the one who gets it. But honestly, I, I think. See, I don't think a vegetarian has any place in MasterChef because when it comes oh, I, down I to don't, the, I don't either, but I like her the best out of the the three of them. So out of the three that's left, I suppose. But I mean, really, she's not exactly the nicest person either. This season overall, I mean, I love MasterChef. I think it's one of the better Fox cooking shows, and I obviously love Ramsay. But I find that this year, the people overall have not had the best personalities but they've been better cooks than last season. So, except for, obviously, the winner of last year. But, yeah, it's a good show, and I'm I'm still completely 100% on board, and Chrissy's is going to win, I hope. So, moving on to another cooking show, Top Chef Masters. What do you think of this season? Um, I've only actually seen the first episode so far, and I just, I don't know... I always love Top Chef and I sit down to watch it and I'm like, oh yeah, it's awesome. I like the challenges, but I don't feel as invested yet in any of the the cooks. I don't feel like I have so many to catch up on my DVR right now, but I just don't feel like it's, I don't know. I'm not liking it as much as I have in other seasons. Yeah, to me, like the whole thing, they basically have this separate web series challenge with the sous chefs that then plays into the main show. It feels like you have to do homework before watching the main show. And that's like to me, I don't like you can you can air these like these 10 minute preview first looks of real housewives of wherever (laughs) in prime time. Yet you can't air this this sous chef challenge like in prime time on your channel Uh, to me like. It's ridiculous, like, because you really need to have seen that to understand what's going on in the main show. It feels like you're joining it in progress if you haven't. Um, so this season, by far, is is my least favorite of this uh, Top Chef Masters. And I, I hope that maybe they can start to integrate this sous chef challenge into the main show rather than do it as a separate web series. But I don't want to have to do homework before I can watch an episode of a show. Absolutely. 
And uh-huh. then moving on to Who Done It. Like I'm really enjoying this show. Like to me, it fills my void of not having the mole uh, on TV. Like I can't. I still have no clue who the uh, who the killer is. Um, to me, I thought it was Dana from the start, and then when she showed up dead, now I have no clue. Uh, my two main suspects are the two blondes, Lindsay, who they tried to freeze out a few weeks ago, and then um, Chris, who seems to get this magical information each week. Like last week, she mentioned something about a three-wheeled cart. I don't know who thinks of a three-wheeled cart. And like this week, she's talking about kakui nuts. And so she seems to have more information than she should. But I, I love – yeah, go ahead. I don't know. I just, I don't know about Chris. Like, I think that Chris and Lindsay are the obvious choices. Just like Cam, I almost think that they want us to believe that he's the killer. Because don't get me wrong, he's a complete jerk. Like, I haven't liked him from the start. Lindsay's plausible. Chris, I just think that she's, all of her things are too right. She's too smart. I just don't think it's going to be her. I honestly think it's going to be someone who everybody didn't think. Someone like Melina, who's all sweet and and you know she's kind and quiet and then they showed like the the preview for next week and she looks all mean all of a sudden so now that Ronnie got uh, is going to be the one who's killed then it's going to be you know I don't know I don't think that it's going to be Chris but Ronnie deserved it this week I mean his theory of the killer this week was that the killer trained a monkey to find a gun go shoot the person then climb up a rope and release the chandelier on top of that person after he was done with the gun like you've got to be kidding me and 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 that's magically the uh, the worst uh, theory of and he, so he's eliminated. But I, I do like in general how the show mixes in some humor and it doesn't take itself too seriously, but serious enough. Like when Melina's like basically they found out who the the final two were or the two possible people that could be killed this week, and then then they're like, oh, you get to go have a facial, and then she's like, oh, there's gonna be like poison in there, there's gonna be acid, it's gonna burn my face off. Or and then Ronnie gets sent over to the hot tub, and you're assuming he's going to get like boiled alive or something. So they definitely play off of the fact uh, that it's um, that it's it's not totally serious. Although apparently some people actually believed that people were getting killed when it first started, which to me is absurd. I know I read that somebody was like, I can't believe they have a show where they're like endorsing murder. Well, it's a murder mystery. And normally these these parties, people play dead. I didn't for once think that ABC was like, let's have a murder fest on television. Like, I never once thought that was going to happen. And anybody who did, I just, I think that you should get your heads checked because I don't think that they're going to film actual murders on national television. Besides, really, a mountain lion? Who is going <laughs> to get a mountain lion in a trap door in a kitchen for an actual murder? It's not going to happen. Do these murders Plus are. You could, I mean, some people, you could see some of these people breathing too when they're in the morgue. Like it's obvious. Well, yeah, there's lots of like obvious things that are. I mean, don't get me wrong. This show is slightly cheesy. Okay, a little bit more than slightly. It's pretty cheesy, and yet I find myself enjoying it. It's pretty much fun TV to watch. There's no real, you know, you're not learning anything except. Again, a mountain lion in a kitchen. You should watch out for that. If you ever go cook a steak, there's going to be a mountain lion in your kitchen. That was the only episode I was like, really? Come on, people. And then when, again, with Ronnie and the monkey, 
when he said that, I looked. I was looking over at my steps, and I was like, "Did he just say that the monkey did it?" Because it's not plausible enough that some killer did it. We've got to add a monkey into the mix. So yeah, the show is definitely fun to watch. I wouldn't take it seriously like some people have been writing about how they think it's wrong and we shouldn't be doing it, but it's a murder mystery game. Yeah. Overall, before, it's, it's definitely fun. And before we move on to our, our last reality show, I just want to mention there's a audio book that you can get for free on Amazon or a $3 ebook that's like, it's basically the same game being played out with Giles as the host. And then I guess they're going to do a sequel after this series is like season two. The first book is like season zero that, that leads into this season. So I've started to listen to that. It's pretty entertaining. It's it, the audio book is narrated by Giles. So it's actually kind of fun hearing him narrate the book. Um, and so, speaking of games, our last uh, show was Hollywood Game Night. Uh, so, what did you think of, of that, Megan? I First of all, I love Jane Lynch. So, anything that involves her on my television is a good thing. Plus, a lot of the guest stars have been pretty awesome. The first um, episode with Matthew Perry and Kristen Bell was my favorite so far. And, of course, Alison Hannigan. It was like everybody that they took from my, you know, if I could make the best fantasy tv team they put like three of my my players so i was i was like yay that's awesome the rest of the episodes have been really good the games i think that i don't know i i love the fact that there's a show that is now making me feel good about knowing so much about tv especially like tv id when they play it and they're like one word i'm like i totally could have did that in one word (laughs) it makes me feel a little bit sad as well about how much information i really do know but (laughs) and how sad my life must be that I could play all these games. But overall, I think it's a lot of fun to watch, and it definitely is an, a welcomed addition to summer TV. Yeah, I've also been really enjoying it. I like that it's actual celebrities, and they're not just pulling in like sports people or reality TV stars and calling them celebrities. It's like people you actually know and want to watch. And the games, like they make them hard enough but not like overly difficult that you would never be able to get the answers like it's, it's so it's fun to play along you can you can try to get the answers yourselves uh i was a little afraid with the first episode when Mart, uh i think it was martin short was on there and he was like playing a little too jokey it, i had flashbacks to like win lose or draw back when there were always was some celebrity <laughs> that never took it seriously enough and you were always felt bad for that contestant who was paired up with them because they were not going to win because this person wasn't was joking too much, but after him, I I think everyone else has been taking it like serious enough, but not overly serious, and it's just a lot of fun. Like it's just a really fun way to to spend an hour on whatever night this airs. I don't know. I just find it on the DVR once it gets recorded. Um, um, I think and I, I've enjo- I've been enjoying like the doo-doo game, like when they uh, when they have to sing their uh, some of these people can sing, other people like Anthony Anderson or was it him? Yeah, can't uh, can't sing at all. But. No, he cannot whatsoever. I'm looking forward to. I think in a couple weeks, Kristen Chenoweth is coming on. She's gonna be a lot of fun, and Molly Shannon's gonna be fun. Um, Minnie Driver actually, she's coming on. I think it's. Uh, I think I saw it earlier. It was like the 22nd. I think is when it's gonna be airing of August. She's going to be a lot of fun because people think of her in so many of like the series movies. But if you've ever seen her in interviews, she's a, she's so entertaining. So on this, I think that it's going to be definitely amusing to watch her. Yep, I'm looking forward to 
seeing more. And so back to you, Jason. (laughs) (laughs) That was was a a little reality check. Maybe a little more in-depth than uh, our regular reality check, but uh, (laughs) the whodunit show is the one that does sound uh, kind of interesting, but I I never ended up checking it out. Although I do find it interesting that would you say there was a, a cougar in the kitchen or something? But yeah, yes. you were, but you you were not so much with the monkey theory. So well, uh, <laughs> I don't just know. saying, they, I don't know. A, a monkey really? I don't know. A cougar's plausible, <laughs> possibly. I don't know. I didn't buy the cougar either. Okay, but a All monkey right. did it. No. Okay. So we'll move on to uh, TV on DVD picks. For uh, These are coming out on Tuesday, August 13th. Uh, my picks are uh, Southland, uh, season five, final season. You know, great show. Uh, they continue to get better and better with each season. Uh, kind of sad to uh, see it uh, go, but, uh, but yet it made it five seasons. So there's, you know, 50-some episodes or something of it, of it. And since it got canceled on NBC so in its first season the idea that it actually ended up getting five is pretty impressive uh, and then uh, the LA Complex uh, complete series which uh, was a really great show uh, you know Canadian show they played it down here on the CW and nobody watched I mean it got some of the lowest ratings ever for anything uh, which was too bad because it was a really I mean, it was sort of a Melrose Place type of show, except a little more realistic, except it also sort of added in this whole Hollywood uh, angle of most of these people were either actors or trying to be be actors or writers or something. And so it had this a really interesting uh, storyline that uh, sadly only made it to two seasons, but uh, is worth uh, checking out. And how about your pick, Kyle? Uh, so I went with Once Upon a Time Season 2. Uh, two things I'd like to note is, first of all, this is coming out at least a month before it actually the <laughs> Season 3 actually airs. So you have plenty of time to watch it. <laughs> and, and secondly, it is coming out on Blu-ray, which is great because it seems like most network shows never do Blu-ray. It seems to only be the cable shows that do that. But uh, So I'm happy about that. But I, I think they really left the show in an interesting spot at the end of season one and introduced some new characters and a, a somewhat new direction for season two, which uh, which made it interesting. And um, I'm looking forward to season three. So I think it's definitely worth checking out if you uh, haven't seen it. And there's they showed like a clip of some like fancy extra that was going to be on it, uh, like a parody of like a town video, which is kind of funny. They showed that at the uh, Comic-Con panel, or at least part of it. So I'm looking forward to seeing the full uh, parody. It's like a parody of a talk show, like a daytime, like a morning talk show. And how about you, Megan? I'm going to go with the Mindy Project for the first season. Uh, The show itself was absolutely hilarious. I thought that even though there was times that, you know, it didn't seem like it made sense for a couple episodes. Overall, if you want to get caught up before season two comes, it will be a good thing to watch over the next couple weeks. Definitely one of my favorite Fox comedies of the year. And, and again, uh, out soon enough that you could actually, especially since it's half hour episodes that you're catching up with, plenty of time to, to watch it uh, before the second season. A show that definitely got, I think it got better 
it sort of figured mm-hmm. itself out over the course of the over the season. By far. There's still a couple of characters in it that bother me, like, <laughs> but they just sort of take me out of it because they're so over the top. Like everything else is kind of grounded, but in a you know sort of a comical you know her perspective on things sort of way. And then you have the one nurse guy that's just so far out out of anything that. <laughs> Half the time, it, it just doesn't – it's not funny because it doesn't really fit. I don't know. It's just uh, – I could do without his character, but yet there's some people that that's their favorite character. So you never – you, you know, who knows? He uh, can be a little bit off out of there, but he is pretty funny sometimes. I yeah, don't know. That's, a, that's another one I think uh, uh, worth uh, checking out. And uh, with that, we'll close out uh, this episode uh, next week. Uh, Amory will be back with me for episode uh, 191. Uh, still working on a guest for that. Uh, so uh, stay available, Kyle. <laughs> 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 no. um, and then uh, starting the following week with episode 192, we're going to start doing our fall preview episodes, uh, beginning with uh, Fox. And uh, then we're going to do, uh, followed by each week, uh, ABC, CBS, NBC, uh, the CW, and then uh, a look at what's coming on cable. And uh, Kyle will be back for the CBS. I get the best network. <laughs> <laughs> America's most watched. <laughs> so uh, you have that to, to to look forward to over the next few weeks. And uh, as always, you can find uh, links to the DVDs and uh, news items that we talked about, as well as where you can find uh, Kyle and Megan online. Uh, in the show notes at tvtimes3.com slash 190. And uh, we'd always love to hear from you, uh, either at Facebook or Twitter uh, at tvtimes3, TV or uh, feedback at tvtimes3.com, or you can always leave uh, comments on the show notes. What do you think about the shows we talked about? Uh, and uh, let us let us know. Also, uh, if uh, you would like, it's been a while since anybody's uh, rated us on iTunes. Uh, it's it's actually become relatively easy, especially if you're listening to through the like the podcast app and stuff like that. It's pretty easy to get to uh, to rate an episode, or you know, you don't have to give the full review, but you know, click on some stars. That's always helpful. And uh, or if you're listening to us on Stitcher, you know, give us a thumbs up. Uh, I prefer the thumbs up as opposed to the the other way. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, if you didn't like the episode, I suppose you could go the other way. And with that, uh, the opening and closing music is provided by IODA Promonet. The song is TV Party by the Asylum Street Spankers from their Mercurial title put out by Yellow Dog Records. And uh, thanks again, Kyle and Megan, for joining me on the podcast. Thanks, Kyle. We sit glued to the TV set all night. And every night. Why go into the outside world at all? It's such a fright. We got nothing better to do than watch TV and have a couple of brews.